Welcome to House Plans. Chris and JD from County Bank Mortgage in the house. Keith Clark here from the Buyer's Broker. What's happening, guys? Not much. It's all good. That's Everybody not what I heard. Good. I heard it was a lot. Well, it is a lot. JD's overperforming. <laughs> overperforming for that, the Buyer's Broker. Just put that Titleist on the T and hand me the big stick. <laughs> Ten and a half degree M4. I'll smack it you right know, down the it's middle. It's funny when you're... Uh, when you're working with a, a lender that you don't know, right? You don't have any confidence in. You want to know. I want to know. I want to know right. what's happening, right? Because it's such a critical part of the real estate transaction. But when I hand one to JD, I don't have to worry about it. I just show well, up. You know, I knew you'd like that text. <laughs> I knew. I, I said Keith's gonna love this text. Well, I tell you, um, I actually had that exact situation written down on my uh, list of things to talk about. You know. We, we do so much planning during the week. I walk in here and say, hey, what happened last week? And so I like to jot down things that are unusual, strange, weird, or just uh, came up. And what Keith's talking about is we were working on a transaction. A big transaction. A big transaction. And the property was uh, I, I, safe to say, Keith, that it had every available top-end finish. Yeah. I, if you walked in it, you would go, okay, this must have been a – model home or it must have been uh in in a magazine yeah. or it must have because it had i mean not my taste not your taste but every high-end uh finish that you could have and then of course the first thing that 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 uh keith did when he started looking at this house is he called us and said hey guys what do you think about yeah value yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah, that's one of the first things i look at when i show a house for a particularly for the second time. I sure. do think about it when we walk in the first time, but if the client likes it and there's a possibility yes. it comes on the short list, then you have to think about everything going forward, what, well, what kind of turbulence. And yes. let me add this, too. The client was well prepared to provide any information that we needed, and it wasn't like it was an abundance of information, right. but they were electronically savvy. Um, they understood the process you know, we requested, they sent. Yeah. I mean, it was, there was no. Slam, you know, jam. Right. There was out. no question about, well, why do I have to send the bank statement? You know, whatever. Why do I have to send all pages? Yeah. Why do I have to send my driver's license or whatever? You know, boom, they sent it. And I'm telling you right now, I mean, when, I mean, that deal was done and yeah, the appraisal to took two a weeks, little bit. Yeah. Clear to close two weeks ahead. Yeah. yeah. From contract to yeah. ready to roll. Yeah. yeah. And I should say a couple of things while we're talking. <clears throat> Number one, I should say, talk a little bit about Tim Snow in Spartanburg. So Tim Snow is as good a builder as there is in, in our entire market. And I'd put him up against our group. But we have a group of premium top, builders, yep, premium, top yep. line builders here that, that, uh, that do a fantastic job. But I would put him up against any of them as well. Yeah. So, and, and then on the the other side, I beat on New Jersey and Florida a lot from this <laughs> seat over here. But these folks are from New Jersey, and they're probably as fine a client as I have ever had. Very nice. Yeah, yeah they are. And uh, but it was exciting. It's always nice. You know, I don't think you were expecting the text quite so soon, but it's always nice to send him that clear to close. Yes. Yeah, we're good. Have to a go. good have a good evening. Particularly <laughs> well, this early, you just don't. That doesn't happen as often as you'd like for it to happen, you know? Sure. Yeah. Well, listen, if you've got a question about buying, selling, anything to do with the real estate, give us a shout this morning, 866-442-7553. And, of course, you can hit us up on the text line 71307. That's 71307. We'd love to hear from you if you've got a question about buying, selling, anything to do with the real estate. I said, you know, one of the things, Keith, that uh, we've talked about many times is, 
when you do um, all those high-end finishes, particularly in a custom build, when it comes time to sell uh, the property, sometimes those things don't show up on the appraisal. That's right. You know, um, if you spent, uh, you know, $150 a foot on your granite versus $38 a foot on your granite, that's not necessarily, yeah. it might look pretty, but it's not going to show up on the appraisal. And so in this particular case, beautiful home, every top-end finish, the concern was, will this property appraise for contract? And and one of the things that I found most interesting about it is that the listing agent had done their job. They did a fantastic job. And when job. we reached yeah. out and asked the question, they said, here's, here's an appraisal. Yeah. Yes. Not just here's the data, yeah. but here's an appraisal. Yeah. That was done in the last six months, and this is how we determined what we were going to list. Yeah, that was for. great. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I I had that in my hand when I was valuing the property, and that's what uh, made me more confident than if I had not had it in my hands. So what we're talking about is a team of professionals. That's right. We <laughs> should we should mention them too because uh, Paul and Marcia Hersey and in Spartanburg, they're probably as good a team as you, as they yeah. have over there. Yep. And you know, when we're drawing agents. It is a wide range of quality, right? Exactly, and experience. Well, listen, we're going to head into our first break of the day. If you've got a question about buying, selling, anything to do with real estate, hit us up on the text line, 71307. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to House Plans. J.D. and Chris from County Bank Mortgage. Keith Clark with the Buyer's Broker taking your texts and phone calls today. 866-442-7553. That's a toll-free number. You can call us anytime during the show. 866-442-7553. The text line is open as well at 71307. Shoot us a text at 71307. Buying, selling, anything to do with real estate. So, so Keith, we were talking about... An- you you need to say the name of the group again just to, just because because it is always nice to work with a listing agent that yeah, does an amazing job. Marcia and Paul Hersey in Spartanburg. And so yeah. when we said, "Hey, you know, what kind of comp data you got?" They said, "Hey, here's this appraisal." And not only did they have an appraisal, but it was a quality appraisal that provided quite a bit of insight into the into the entire property and what comps were available. And, you know, oftentimes when we get in that situation, and it really doesn't matter what price point we're at, you know, J.D., I will call J.D. and I will say, hey, it looks like this is going to be short. And then J.D.'s next call is to the agent. And the first question he asked the agent is, how did you determine the listing price? And so I would tell our listeners that, um, you know, be careful when you go to list. It's certainly still low inventory uh, you know, it's a seller's market for sure, but you need to have some data that's going to back up the price that, that you're working off of. And so it doesn't mean you can't go a little higher. doesn't mean you can't go a little lower, but it's certainly one of the most important parts of that conversation. right? Yeah, and I think today, um, Chris, all good listing agents and teams start their process with an appraisal. Now, when when I say that, there's a large portion that don't. Right. Right. But if you the biggest factor in selling your home, if you're thinking about selling your home. Right. The single biggest factor will be pricing. 
Right. And the and the uh, most effective, most accurate way to determine pricing is to get a high quality appraisal at the beginning of the process. And uh, a listing appraisal may not be exactly the same. Well, and I think as, it's important that JD and I say we can't use that appraisal. No, that's right. But I mean, you know, because it was done by somebody who's in the middle of the transaction and so we can't use it, but it certainly gives you a basis uh, on data as to how it will work. Yeah. You know, I mean, what what kind of price point do you see and of course, let's understand this, while an appraisal does put a dot on the line, it's not 1,000% accurate. And you it's a moving be, target, yeah, right? Yeah, it because is. The, because yeah. the market changes moves. every day. It does, yeah. <clears throat> Listen, I can't tell you. How many times do you get a phone call, J.D., and they say, well, you know, the one just sold on the house this, on the street this week. Can y'all use that comp? Yes. Yeah, that happens quite a bit, actually. And yeah, sometimes it, sure it happens in the opposite direction. You get a distress sale or something that sells particularly low, mm-hmm. and the appraiser has to use that well that's why neighbors pull all those flyers out of the <laughs> right. in the front yard when they're walking by yeah everybody wants to know value. what you're selling that's for right. yeah you know but you're you're exactly right it's 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 a um you know it is a function of um of of the houses that have sold and that is a moving target sometimes upward sometimes downward sure depending on the I've, situation i've seen particularly the last three or four years i've seen six month periods a uh, previous six months periods with better data than the last yes. six months period. Yes. So if you look back 18 months ago to 12 months, sure. you might see a better selection of comps than the last six months. Absolutely. Well, and I'll say this too, you know, not and not everybody just has a thousand dollars just go throwing around, you know, this and that and the other. I, I get it. Um, but if I, I haven't sold a house in 15 years, but if I was going to sell my house tomorrow, I would get a high quality appraisal. I would go ahead and do a home inspection. Yep. I would do a termite and radon and, and, and that sort of thing. Do all those inspections. Yep. And then I've got some, So you know what you're selling. So you know, and we'll talk some more. I had a there was an article that went out that we I sent in my database this week, some inexpensive things that you can do. But, you know, just doing those things, at least it brings up the um any issues that may arise before yeah, you're, you, put you know it on about the it up front. Yeah. So Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Um, and, and also, you know, one of the things I remember is, J.D., when you bought your house, um, you know, I think one of the things you found out is the data that was in the, the county was wrong about the square footage. Right. And when the appraiser measured it, um, it was actually, I think, in a different category of square footage. It was. Yeah. And so about 450 square feet. It was, actually, it was like almost 1,000 or 800 maybe. It was a lot. Well, and the, and the reason I remember because the right. house that we purchased oh, you're right. had yeah. the same number of rooms as my previous house, but they were just bigger. And I'm yeah. sitting here. I remember I, yeah. knew, I knew what my current house was, and I'm like, yeah. there's no way that this is the same size. Yeah, but size. in your case, J.D., the tax data was at 36 well, That's what it was, yeah. The listing information was higher than that. Right, right. But the actual square footage was even was higher than that. 400, 400 square yeah, that's yeah. right. Above. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, guys, we got our first uh, question of the day here. Um, and, Keith, this will be good for you. It's a text line question that says If you're going to do some remodeling, kitchen and master bath, uh, with new cabinetry, flooring, paint throughout, and would like to know if we should hire a contractor or use individual businesses to provide these services. Also, how do you go about finding a reputable contractor? Wow. 
That is a great That's question. about a five-hour show right it, there. It, it is. And I just recently went through this myself personally, twice actually. Yeah. And the, the first uh, conversation is let's talk about return on investment for what you're going to do. Sure. So you're mapping out a plan of what you want to do. And um, the GE appliances are 5000 and the uh, Bosch appliances are 12000 Sure. So which one are you going to choose? Well, first, let's talk about your goals and objectives. What am I trying to accomplish? Am I trying to improve my quality of life? Am I preparing this house for sale? Sure. Do I plan on downsizing or right-sizing in the next five to ten years? First, you want to determine your goals and objectives. What am I trying to accomplish? Then secondly, when you map out what you're going to do, that will be a function of your goals and objectives. If you're going to be in the house the next 20 years, there's no chance of you being transferred. Um, This is going to be your retirement home. Then you might want to purchase the Bosch appliances because the ROI is not as important as the, um, the noise the dishwasher makes. Yeah, when and it's when running. it comes to hiring a general contractor or hiring individual contractors, my experience has been that uh, you have to be available. If you're going to use individual contractors, that you're going to check up, you know, you're going to need to do the checkup work. You're going to need to make sure that they're doing, and that's the way I've done it. You know, I've always gone out and said, which floor expert would I pick or which you know, cabinet expert would I pick or, or which uh, local hardware store, big box, am I going to use to do these services because they they all have them. And I, I was very successful doing it that way, but I had to be very involved. If you can't be very involved or if you travel a lot, then you're going to want a general contractor that you can ultimately hold responsible. And then, of course, finding that contractor is difficult today. Yep. Well, listen, we've got our first caller. we got uh, Robert Spartanburg. Hey, Robert, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm well. Just going to see a client right this minute. Absolutely. Well, I saw you had a question about uh, appraisals and renovations. What can we do for you? Yeah. In terms of what you are talking about right now, uh, what it is, um, what is the likelihood of a appraiser to go with four offers above price, above asking price? Meaning that uh, if the price of the house, which I told my sellers, it should be a little lower. Now we got four offers for 155. <laughs> the house should be 148. Yeah, yeah I think that is uh, that's certainly a, a great question. What price point is it in, Robert? It is it's in the 160s. Yeah, so uh, very popular price point. And here's one of the things that you can do, or I've seen appraisers do, is, and Keith was just talking about it, when you look back over the prior 18 months, you may see different pockets of four to six months that have different data that support different things. And so what we've seen appraisers do in this seller's market, and and it is allowed by Fannie and Freddie, is the is the world-famous time adjustment. Yes. And so, J.D., when you see that, the, the appraiser is saying this comp, nine months ago sold for this, but now the market has moved here. And so they'll make a positive time adjustment to oh, the it's value. It's 3%, isn't it? Yeah, about something right? like that. Yeah. And um, I don't know the exact number, but it has to be explained. It has to make sense. The market conditions have to merit that it be done. And so that is the way that's usually done, uh, Robert. And then, of course, remember, all my appraisal is going to do is tell me how your property compares to other property. 
And exactly. it doesn't have anything to do with what it's worth or what you could sell it for. But from a lender's perspective, it's there to make sure that we don't overlend on the property because Keith and Robert, I'm sure y'all have made this argument or at least heard it, is it's worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. Well, yeah. let's have that conversation, Chris, because, you know, talking to a seller, a seller has four offers in their hand above asking price. That doesn't mean that the property, the value of the property is the appraisal. That's right. All that means is that there's a scarcity of that product and that there are four people competing for that product and they're willing to pay more than the fair market value. Now, that in that scenario, Preparing the seller for the turbulence of a cut appraisal is the key to a smooth transaction, right? Because if it's a surprise, when you get to that point and the seller in the state contract, the seller has the unilateral right to reduce the price to the appraised price and move forward. Right. And and does the uh, contract, the standard contract, also give the buyer the right to exit if if it doesn't come in? No. No, no, it has to only be written if in. The seller ah. dis- is, is the one. Yes, the seller says I will or I won't. If they say I won't reduce it, right. then the purchaser can uh, move on. Now right. let me uh, let me talk a little bit about this too, Robert. From the financing side, um, mm-hmm. I'll put my real estate agent hat on, even though I'm not one. And JD, you've seen this too. If you have a cash buyer as one of the four. And you have a conventional buyer as one of the four putting 20% down or putting 30% down, then, you know, if the appraisal comes in short, that could still work. If you're doing an FHA or if you're doing a VA or if you're doing a uh, USDA, then, you know, those loans are high loan to value. And it's very unlikely if the appraisal comes in short that you're going to be able to make it work. Yeah. But like, J.D., if you've got one... We, we had this happen, you know, just recently where somebody was putting 40% down. The appraisal came in about 20 light, and but from a loan standpoint, didn't matter. Mm-hmm. But the borrower had to make up their mind whether they were going to pay that number or not. And and I think they ended up splitting the difference. Yeah. And, and sometimes so, they, this, yeah, I was going to say they split the difference. And, you know, other times it depends on what the past history of the buyer is. How many other houses have they missed that's on? Right. How frustrated yeah, they are sure. in the process. Yeah, know? exactly. I mean, that makes a lot of difference. I yeah. know, well, your own brother, when he bought a house, yes. he had a particular neighborhood, almost a particular street. And so, you know, when it came in short, he said, I don't care. I don't this care. is where I want to live. Yep. And right. I think if you ask him today, did he make the right decision, he'd say yes. He'd say, yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah, he's right. He's exactly where he wants to be, in the school district he wants to be, in the neighborhood he wants to be. And he was willing and, to pay. And he was willing yeah. to pay. Yeah, that's And, I exactly mean, it makes right. it makes good sense. Now, Robert, did you have a question about renovation as well? No, actually, uh, it was merely the fact that um, I wanted to advise my sellers to yes. be prepared for yeah. it. For a possible, as Keith suggested, you know, the yep. turbulence may come even though they have a nice offer with no closing costs. Yeah, I was just uh, in, in that price point. Were any of them cash offers? Uh, no, no, no cash offers. Usually loan. not in that. Yeah, price in point, that price right? point, that's yeah. that's what yeah. I expect. Unless you have a retiree who's or a baby boomer that's downsizing, where uh, and I'm sure over that group of offers were there conventional offers as well as government loan offers. Yeah, well, that's that's yeah, what it was. Just uh, a mix. Yeah. One government loan, one conventional, one FHA. Yeah, yep. I would go. Yeah, don't let that seller be blinded by those few dollars. You need to look at the big picture, <laughs> yeah. right, Robert? Yeah, I might take the conventional <laughs> offer if it was me. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's m- just most, 
Yeah. More flexibility, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Robert, we appreciate it, my man. Have a, have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Well, listen, we're going to head into our bottom of the hour break. You're listening to House Plans, J.D. and Chris from County Bank Mortgage. Keith Clark with the Buyer's Broker. We're going to keep the phone lines open today at 866-442-7553. The text line will remain open as well at 71307. And uh, I've got a little trick sometimes with some things I've used when the appraisal comes in low that we'll tackle from on the okay. other side of the break, um, give some people some ideas. So anyway, we'll be back right after this. Welcome back. You listen to House Plans. Chris and JD from County Bank Mortgage in the house. Keith Clark from the Buyer's Broker. I will say if you got a question and you want to just get it to us off the air, you can always email us at askjd at countybankmortgage.com. And uh, of course, we hadn't talked much about refis, but the rates are fantastic right now. If you want JD to give you a free opinion, shoot your mortgage statement over there and say, hey, take a peek. Yeah, you know, uh, last month we did 35% of the loans we closed were refinanced. Yes. Which is up about 15 or 20% from what it's been. So there's yep. a lot of people taking advantage of getting rid of PMI, debt consolidations, combining your first mortgage with a home equity yes. line of credit where the rate's been going up prime. So there's uh, some good opportunities out there, maybe even shortening term and that kind of thing. So I will uh, say this, too. I, I surprised J.D. and I surprised myself when I was looking at those numbers. Um, 10% of the loans that we closed last month did not require appraisals. Wow. They got property inspection waivers when we ran them through. And and I think all but one of those was uh, was a refi. Yeah, that's so right. That, now, think about making it easy. I mean, no appraisal. You know, Fannie Mae has is all that usually, data. Usually, Chris, is it usually LTV that that? That's uh, a big driver. Yeah, loan to value is a big driver. Location in a subdivision. No Probably not going to get uh, it on a cash out transaction. Right. You know, if it's just a rate a and term, refi. taking a yeah straight refi, lowering your um, rate or your term only. Um, and purchase transactions sometimes they'll 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 give it to you. Now they don't always. You know, a lot of times, most of the time, the buyer wants that appraisal. Yeah, you know, but but you'll get it sometimes on a uh, yeah. On but I mean, I, well. I was surprised. Ten percent of the transactions, uh, all but one of them, refis, no appraisal needed because that data was in there. And I, I will say it is market to market, Keith. You know, if you're rural, it's not going to happen. If you're in a, a heavy density area, low LTV, more likely to get it. Well, we were going to go back to the uh, question about the remodel, Keith. And of course, the question is, do I hire a general contractor? To manage this for me, or do I manage it myself? And of course, my comment was, you know, you got to be available, and then you got to have the right mentality for it. Because I could tell you, I would do it, you would do it, but JD would never nope. do it. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. And you also have to have the skill sets. Don't leave out the skill sets. True. You have to know what to do when. Right. right? You can't put the you can't put the appliances in and then redo the cabinets. Right. You or the paint. Redo, that's right. right. I have no idea the order. <laughs> Hire the professional. Well, you do now. J- JD's order is. One, hire somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to pay. Get your checkbook out. You're going to pay a little premium for that. Yeah. Right. That's right. But, but you're okay with that, right, J.D.? Yeah, I'm okay with that. It went <laughs> the right guy. With and the right if guy. Milestone does it for you, you don't have any issues, right? That's, that's correct. But if you hire someone that um, you don't know personally, that doesn't have the level of experience, but may be a better marketer, 
than a than performer than a remodeler. Yes, and you get talked into a deal. Uh, most of them, most of them, going to want a, a substantial amount of the money up front. Twenty five to fifty percent, right? And it's one of the biggest um, uh, pitfalls that consumers fall into. Yes, which is hiring a general contractor to do a remodel project and getting uh, either poor quality, yep. not finishing the project, right, because they take the money and spend it on something, on yep. another project, and don't have the resources to finish it. So the, hiring a general contractor is its own body of knowledge by yes. in and of itself. Number yeah. one. Hire the professional. Licensed, insured. Make sure they're licensed and insured. Make sure you check the Better Business Bureau. Make sure you check a couple of references. I know all that sounds like a pain, but I promise you it'll pay off because, you know, J.D. and I'm probably you too, Keith, have had both experiences where you hire somebody and you go, wow, they were truly amazing. And and then you've also had the, where is this guy? Yeah. yeah That's why I make gal. sure they're in my golf group. I know, <laughs> I know where they like to hang out. You know I where they are on Saturday morning. I can find them on Saturday, Saturday morning, morning at 9 night. o'clock. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. You, you know where at they're going to be. Time, yes. that's, a, that's a good point. And then, of course, I think the other piece of advice that we give quite often, uh, and, and this is something I struggle with, is the cheapest may not be the least expensive. expensive yes. <laughs> and yes. so the cheapest is never the least expensive. <laughs> yeah. Now I will say this, speaking of milestone, I saw they did another inspiration home over there in uh, Hartness. I think they do it almost every year. They do, they, they yeah. do, yeah. Yeah. Chris JD, you guys. thinking about moving? No, no, no. Jennifer no, got no, her no, eye well, on Listen, my house everything's for sale, <laughs> including my house. Now Jennifer may disagree with that statement, uh, but you know, it's it's um, everything's it, for sale. That's right. Everything is for sale. But Chris and those guys do a great job. Um, yeah, the milestone. And, and hey, if you don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about milestone builders locally. Yeah, yeah. Chris Rogers and his group. And and they're one of those early in the show. We talked about top tier builders. <clears throat> I would say there may be 10 or 12. Maybe there are two at the very, the two million and above, then about eight or ten in that six hundred to million three or four, and Chris is one of those uh, builders yeah. that um, they've that been around a, a little while. Yeah, now. fantastic group of subcontractors, quality work, stands by. You know where he is, uh, always does a good job. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like, uh, you know, when I was building my house, and I understand build is different from a renovation, but there were two circumstances, two things. Two things that, uh, well, actually three things that jumped out at me about the quality, okay? The first thing is we drove up on the house one time when they were putting the brick up, and it didn't match. I mean, you know, obviously it came from two lots. There was something wrong with it. It didn't match. And, uh, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon, and Andrew's like, you need to call him. You need to call Billy. And I'm like, I'm not calling him. You know, he knows what he's doing. And at 7.30 on Monday morning, he called me and said, we got a problem with the brick. Okay, so that was the first That was the first thing. You know, that shows you how engaged the builder is and the quality of the builder. The second thing is I was going to put a deck on the back of my house, and I don't remember the dimensions, but he called me and said, listen, you don't want to put up a 14-foot deck because I'm going to have to buy 15-foot boards and cut a foot off of it. Uh, Why yeah. don't we build a 15-foot deck? It'll cost you less money. So that was the other one. And the third thing that happened is when he got his first draw, he called me and he said, hey, they gave me too much money. You shouldn't be paying interest on this. Come by and pick up a check. Yeah, that's nice. Now, 
that tells you what kind of person and what kind of businessman and what can and I tell you when you got the detail of what he was doing, he accounted for every single nail. And I mean, it's just a quality. I'm talking about, you know, Billy Dunn over at Dunn Custom Builders. And I mean, it was just a it was just an amazing experience. And Keith, I mean, you know, you walk through that house, you know what kind of work Billy does. Yeah, well Billy's been around for well, he's not around much anymore, but <laughs> he, he's semi-retired. But Billy has been around 35 years probably. Builds one of the best houses in the city. Yep. And uh, is, uh, his attention to detail is uh, is as good as anybody in the market. Yeah, he know. I mean, and, and you talk about experience, knowledge, and a group of professionals. That's who he has working for him. Small yep. group, but an amazing group. And so... You know, them and Chris Rogers and that tier that you're talking about of the, that top-notch builder, I would tell you that's what you're looking for even when you do a remodel. Let's say that remodel you're talking about is a $30,000 project. You know, you're probably going to be better off, and y'all probably pass out this coming out of my mouth, paying 33 and hiring a great guy. Oh, yeah, no doubt Then you it. are paying 28 and being tortured. Yeah, that's <laughs> correct. No question about it. And really, even, even though, well, I mean, we're talking about a smaller – price point when you're doing remodels you still want to make sure that the person that's doing that is at the top of their game yes the reputation that top tier group and by the way they're all bit bit busy everybody's busy right yeah so that if they don't want to do your job and and they'll look at it and you can you'll be able to tell from the price whether they want to do the job or not (laughs) that's correct you have to have enough information to be able to navigate all that if you're gonna regardless of whether you're going to use a general or you're going to sub it out yourself yep yeah and then like we said earlier don't forget about some of the big boxes they have in installation services and that may be an option as well design services yeah uh, design as well as install yep a little bit of everything there. So good. Well, listen, we're going to head into our final break of the show. If you've got a question or comment, hit us at 866-442-7553. The text line is open as well still at 71307. We've got the yard guys. they got some text waiting on yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, they got text waiting on them when they get here. It yes. must be a much better show than ours. It is. Everybody's talking about <laughs> Bermuda grass today. So anyway, well, listen, we're heading into our final break. We'll be back here on House Plans one last segment after this. Welcome back. You're listening to House Plans. J.D. and Chris from County Bank Mortgage. Keith Clark with the Buyer's Broker. 29 years. Of excellent service and performance. I, <laughs> <laughs> Every yeah, day. I can, finish, Every I can day. finish the Buyer's Broker sentence. <laughs> I should be, you know, I should be buyer's broker certified just, just, <laughs> just by hanging around You've you for the last 15 years. Yeah. You should be a exactly. buyer's broker certified lender. Yes, that's right. There you go. There's a new program for you, Keith. Yeah. I want half of the royalties off okay. of that. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> but, right. But uh, I tell you one other thing I had come up this week, and I don't know if you've come across this, Keith, or not, maybe when you're doing some downtown deals, but it's kind of funny how things come in groups. But twice this week, I had people that were buying properties that were zoned commercial but they were so they were residential at one point been converted to a business had been zoned uh into a commercial zoning and it was a house and then now 
somebody has bought it and turned it into a residence again, wow. but the zoning was never changed. Yeah. And so uh, certainly something when you're dealing downtown. Interesting. Um, you know, I was riding downtown last night, and off to the right, there was a, a really beautiful old brick white house, and it had a law. It was office. a law firm, right. but it said for sale, and that made me think about it again. You know, yeah. how is that property zoned, and what kind of challenges does that zoning present if you do buy it? And yes. so, you know, zoning matters. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah, because my understanding is, and I'm not an expert in this area, because zoning uh, typically in the residential market, uh, you're in a neighborhood or a subdivision, and it's already been zoned R12, R15, right. whatever it is. Um, but in that downtown market or in markets where there is no zoning or wasn't a, any original zoning, I believe you can have a residential home in a commercial space, but you can't have a commercial space in a residential home. So you Correct. Can, you can, my understanding is that, and, and if, if somebody knows that if I'm misspeaking, well, to call in and let us know, but you can uh, use a commercial property for a residential purpose, but you can't use a residential property for a commercial purpose. As a general rule, that's correct, and the concern is, from a lender standpoint, is if the if the property and, highest and, and best, yeah, you know, well, highest and best use number one on the appraisal. Number two is can the property, if it is completely destroyed, can it be rebuilt? Yes, as a resident, right. And so you have to go digging over at the zoning commission to make sure that in each individual county that that's what it says, and in most counties it does. We were, and we ran into that in downtown Greer. Is where we ran into that. I remember yes. I had a deal, and this is 10 years ago probably, um, not very far from Trade Street, maybe a block or two off trade. And um, this particular residence was surrounded by commercial. And I think it was a mixed-use, um, yep. uh, zone mixed-use anyway. Um, but we had to go digging to find out sure. if, if if it burns to the ground, can you rebuild? As a residence. As a residence. And that would be a county rule, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, every county is different because it is based on the zoning inside of that county. And, uh, you know, as you well know, Keith, that type of zoning is uh, different county by county as to how restrictive or how open it is, um, how planned out it is, you know. Um, if it's and, in a historic district or not. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so um, I just had that come up twice. And, you know, to Keith's point, um, so this property that I was looking at, the um, it, it was the house that used to be an insurance agent and the lot next door. So the house was zoned, in this particular case, R1. The lot next door, which was contiguous, connected, um, was zoned O1, which would be for an office, medical, something along that lines. And so I had to go pull those guides and look at them. Wow. Yeah. And O1 said all permissible uses – to include R2, and then you go look at R2, which is residential 2. Then you go look at R2, and R2 says all all residential uses to include R1. Right. And so it tells you basically what you said. You can use this O1 as a, as a residence and that it was okay. Now, I will say in both the situations that I had, both of the buildings were insurance buildings. Both of them had large parking pads. And when you go to sale, somebody might not be interested in that. Well, but 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 typically, 
when you sell, you're going to sell to someone who's purchasing for the higher use. Yes. Right. So if you're yeah. living in it as a resident, generally speaking, not always, but generally speaking, you when you put that home that you've lived in on the market, you're gonna you're gonna um, if zone commercially, it's gonna bring X and zone and for residential purpose, it's gonna be. Uh, a different number. Mm. Sure. And generally speaking, the commercial application is going to bring a higher dollar uh, per square foot of uh, land. Sure. And I will say this, if the office user had customized the house into an office layout, um, that may be an appraisal issue. In both these cases, the house had been stripped on the inside, completely remodeled. Somebody bought it as a flip. And so, you know, in that case, you know, you, you wind up uh, making sure that it can be used as a residence. You know, you can't have some kind of unusual layout. Well, for financing purposes. Yeah, for financing right. purposes. Hey, you got cash, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. But uh, just something that happened a couple of times this week, so I thought we ought to discuss yeah, that's it. Unusual. So it's a it's a good question to ask about the zoning to make sure um, that, uh, that that's what you want. One other thing we had that come up this week is uh, – that I, that I thought we should talk about is a home with an accessory unit. Um, one of the things to look out for there is does it have separate power meters on, the un, on, the, on both units? So the house has one power meter. The accessory unit has another power meter. Sometimes that can be an issue because somebody could say, hey, these are two residences on the same lot, which Fannie and Freddie tend not to care for. Well, I know a lot of our listeners are, are, are probably thinking about putting their house on the market at that time of the year yes. and that kind of thing. And, you know, one of the things, Keith, I know I forwarded you our um, uh, we newsletter, have a yeah. newsletter that goes out. And it was talking about, you know, bumping up your curb appeal on a budget. And, uh, you know, curb appeal is such a big uh, part, you know, especially when you're in competition like you are today um, of, with selling your house. You know, and of course, you know, if you're in the right price point and, you know, desire is big, but some things it's talking about power washing and, um, you know, how much is a power washer? What, $100 a day maybe or a little less? I mean, you've done, you, you did well, the work. Well, yeah, Chris power washed his house recently yeah, three, and he hired three, someone, uh, right? You know. I did my own yeah. because I had my own power washer. Well, and, Keith, I had my own too. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, you have more money than I do, no, more I, disposable not income. Not true. Yeah. So, but I paid, I just received three, 300 bucks. Yeah. So that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. And, and before we get, drill down on the list, if you're preparing your home for sale, you want to have this conversation. You want to map all this out up front uh, a long time in advance. And here's why. What we ultimately what we're talking about is the return on investment. Right. What yes. do I do and what do I not have to do in order to sell my home yes. at this price in this number of days? Well, and, and I think that's the part that some people miss. I think a lot of people focus on the price, but it is very important that there are many more things that you can do that will shorten the number of days on market, whereas they might not necessarily increase the price. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And so when you're talking about that return on investment, if you decided to sell, selling in five days is a heck of a lot better than selling in 35, 45, 95, 105. Yeah. Well, and typically your first price reduction is going to occur in 30 to 45 days. Right. That first price reduction of 10000 or $20,000 might have been the 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 uh, half of the amount of money that sure. you could have spent and sold it in the first 30 days. Yeah, and so, you know, one of the things that this newsletter was talking about, J.D., is 
How can you do that? What are some things that you can do from a curb appeal standpoint to make the house look nice and fresh? And I know power washing, you know, you got maybe, you know, anywhere from 200 to $400 invested yep. in that. Yep. But it does make your house look clean and shiny. What 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 else was on you know, the list? It's, uh, one of one of the big things on this list was the front door. You know, repainting the front door, restaining the front door, putting new hardware on the front door, and just making it look new, welcoming. Shiny. Yes, very welcoming. And it is off. important. Yes. Yeah, new new numbers. You know, if you have a number numbers on the front of That's your right. house, sure. You know. And the and what the consumer sees, what the buyer sees when they walk up to the front door, gives them an indication. Of the type of maintenance that yeah, has you only get on one chance to make a first impression. Right? Yeah, that's right. Of course, you know the, we've talked about this a lot of times. You know, talking about your lawn, um, and and talking about you know uh, having your your grass trimmed, trim, fresh in the landscape, yep. have some fresh mulch down. And of course, it's always a lot less expensive if you do it yourself as opposed sure. to hiring a you know a, a professional to come in and, and do those things. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting. Park down the street. You know, don't don't clutter your yeah, driveway with that. a bunch yeah. of cars. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, clutter something your... I've never really thought about, but yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Well, you know? it's interesting. I talk with clients oftentimes who have small children, and we're looking at we we talk about the parking capacity of the property. Sure. If you have three children, you're going to eventually have five cars if they're within <laughs> if they're within four exactly. to five years of each other. That's exactly yeah. right. You know, one of the other things that was not on the list because this list was talking mostly about the outside, but I hear this from a bunch of agents is you know, remove uh, some furniture from the house to make it not feel cramped. Well, I mean, declutter, yeah. and, declutter and, and make the room. Because yeah. one of the things that the buyer is trying to do is to imagine themselves in that property. It's just like that's why you stage, right, Keith? If, you, if, you're, if you've already moved, one of the reasons you might consider staging your home is because it can give the buyer that feeling of, oh, this is how this room would work, and they start to be able to imagine themselves living there. Yeah, they need to do that. Yeah, yeah it's because important it's important for, the for them to walk through yeah. that and see this will work many, for us. Many purchasers don't have the ability to create that vision, and when you stage properly, it helps them understand how that house is going to live and how it's going to live for them. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of decluttering, I need to declutter our garage. <laughs> That's a whole other. Just leave it open overnight. Yeah. Everything will be gone. Yeah, true. Lock the cars. Leave it open overnight. That you is won't very have to worry true. That's it. a good point. That's a good point. So <laughs> See, anyway, well, that, that'll be cheap and inexpensive. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> that's correct. Hey, good show, guys. I thought we uh, hit a lot of topics. Yeah. Today. Happy Mother's Day. Yes. yes. Happy Mother's Day. We love our mothers. And say a little prayer for old Bob, old Bobby May. From little Bobby. He gave yeah. a surgery on Monday, and he's yep. he's been he's been stressed out for a few months. So. Hope that all goes well, and everybody say a little prayer for Bob. Absolutely. For sure. So, anyway, well, listen, we appreciate all of our texters and phone callers today. You've been listening to House Plans. J.D. and Chris from County Bank Mortgage, Keith Clark with the Buyer's Broker to catch us during the week. Shoot us an email at askjd, that's A-S-K-J-D, at countybankmortgage.com, or you can reach us by phone at 331-HOME, that's 331-4663.